Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the book of Romans with this message entitled, Married to Jesus Christ. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 7. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Heavenly Father, we pray that you drive out distraction of the enemy. Because your son said when the word is preached, those who are careless, the word is taken away by Satan. Teach us, O Lord, this morning what it means to be married to Jesus Christ. For the purpose that we may bring forth fruit to God. Fruit of holiness. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Married to Jesus Christ. So we are going to the book of Romans. A new chapter which is chapter 7. Chapter 7, 1 through 4. And listen because evangelicals are mindless. Emotional but mindless. It is the doctrine that gives you rock foundation upon which your life will stand. Chapter 6 and 7 of Romans are parenthetical. Paul's argument goes from 521 then chapter 8 1 through 5. So these two chapters are parenthetical. Chapter 6 dealt with antinomianism due to a misunderstanding of chapter 5 verse 20 where St. Paul said, Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So chapter 6 he says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may abound? Meganoito, God forbid. Antinomianism is the curse of modern evangelicalism. Modern Bible-believing churches, sir. Antinomianism says, sin as you please and as long as you please, grace will take you to heaven. Now, chapter 7 deals with legalism, Phariseeism, which says justification and sanctification are based on keeping our keeping of God's law. In chapter 6, verse 14, Paul said, we are not under law, but under grace. The Jews thought of law as the bulwark against sin. The question then is, is Paul dishonoring law of God? Paul is saying salvation is not based on our law keeping. As Pharisee of Luke 18 maintained. But based on Christ's active and passive obedience. God's law. 
Understand, friends, all Adam's children are under sin and under law. Meaning, under the power and control of sin. And under the power and control of law. But the truth is, no one obeys the law perfectly. And we learned it can only incite and increase sin in the unregenerate people. Legalists say justification and sanctification are due to man's ability to keep the law. Antinomians say justification and sanctification are by grace only so one can sin freely. Paul says true believers rejoice in our freedom from law for justification and sanctification. Yet we rejoice also in our freedom to obey God's law as evidence of our justification by grace alone, through faith alone. True believers walk in the newness of life. They live by the power of the Holy Spirit. They delight in God's holy law. They know the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Jesus Christ came to fulfill the law perfectly as our head and representative. In his death, his people also fully kept the law. We are told Jesus was born under the law to obey honor and establish God's law and to redeem us from being under the law. Every unbeliever and if you are an unbeliever hearing me you are under the power and rule of sin. You are also under the power and rule of law until you are saved by grace by Jesus Christ The obedient son of God. The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. Paul says, but thanks be to God. Let's say together. Thanks be to God. Who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So also Paul in this chapter, chapter 7 verse 24, asks the question, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? And yet there again he says, thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Friends, if you are a slave of sin, cry out to God to deliver you from the bondage to sin and to law. So Romans 7, 1 through 6, the first division speaks about our relationship to the law. 
He died to the law in the death of Christ. Thus set free from the law. We are now married to Jesus Christ. We are the bride of Christ. And the second division. Chapter 7. Verses 7 through 12. Paul vindicates the law. We die to the law. He says. Law is not the cause of sin and death. Law of God is holy, good, just, and spiritual. It reveals God's holy character to us. And the last section, 13 through 25, I will exposit that when time comes. Law cannot justify or sanctify. And I'll tell you what 13 through 25 is not describing the life of a Christian. But it is describing the life of an unregenerate unbeliever. Dead in trespasses and sins. And if you are fitting that bill, cry out to God. Jesus says he will save you. So chapter 7 verse 1 speaks about the power of the law. The Roman Christians and all Christians know that law rules over man as long as he lives. But when a man dies, he is set free from the law's power and control. If you owed a million dollars to the IRS... The moment you died, you are free from that obligation. Death, in other words, releases one from the power of the law and its demands and control of your life. In 521 and 614, we read this, sin exercises authority over a man. Every unbeliever is under sin's rule. Since the believer died with Christ, sin exercises, what sir? No dominion over him. No dominion. 6.14 and 6.11. So also in 7.1 of Romans, a believer is dead. Romans 6. We read a believer is dead to sin. 6.2 Also Romans 7.1 Every unbeliever is under the rule, control and power of the law. But since the believer died with Christ law has no power over him. He is under grace and not under law. And also we read Death exercises authority over an unbeliever. Since the believer died with Christ in his death on the cross, death, friends, has no power over us. Death is swallowed up in victory. A believer is under grace. King grace rules him. A believer is under Christ. King Jesus rules over him. Grace has dominion over him. 
Holy Ghost has dominion over him. Jesus Christ has dominion over him. We who are believers, we who receive abundance of grace, we ourselves, we are told, are kings ruling in triumph in Christ in this life. 517 of Romans. So death of a man releases him from the power and control of law. 7 verse 2, 3 and 6. So the legal principle here is this. Death annuls the law. Death severs one's bondage and obligation to the law. Romans 7 is parallel to Romans 6. In Romans 6 Paul argued that we died to sin in the death of Christ. Here in Romans 7, he argues that we died also to law in the death of Christ. Because Christ died in reference to sin and in reference to law. Those who believe in Christ's death and resurrection are set free from the imperious authority and bondage to sin, to law and to death. We therefore are not under sin. That is its dominion and power. Not under law. Its dominion, control and power. Not under death. Its dominion and control. And not under the wrath of God. We are under grace. Under grace. Powerful grace. King grace. Grace that is greater than all of our sin. So Paul says, so nothing in all creation is able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And now verse 2 and 3. Paul adduces a marriage illustration. A married woman is bound by law to her husband as long as he lives. If you are married to a terrible husband, please pray. (laughs) If a married woman, while husband is living, goes and lives with another man, she'll be called an adulteress. But if the husband dies, and if she marries another, she is not an adulteress. She is released, set free from the law that bound her to her first husband. Death severs the law of marriage. Such severance enables the living one to enter into a new marriage. By the way, Paul calls a wife hupandros. Hupo means under. Andros means husband. And many would not agree with this statement today. Today they say, you know, marriage is equal partnership, isn't it? 
The only problem with equal partnership means it doesn't what? Work. That's all the problem with equal partnership. It doesn't work. Therefore, forget about that. So the next is, husband is head over wife. That a wife is hope and trust under the husband. But there is a third alternative. The culture is imposing upon us, and it is widely practiced in the church itself. Wife, head over husband. So I suppose you can pick and choose whatever you want. But Holy Spirit's view is different from cultural view. Christianity is counter-cultural. It is scriptural. We believe in the authority of God in scripture. In the scripture, husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. Ask Holy Spirit to help you to be convicted of disorder. So Paul says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord in everything. Many Christian households are not experiencing the fullness of God's blessing. Because God's order regarding marriage and family is not fully followed. So coming back to verse 2 and 3. In this marriage illustration, Paul tells us, death frees one from being bound to the law of marriage. Death of husband frees wife from the law that bound her. Death of wife frees the husband also. So if the husband dies, the wife can now remarry. Death cancels one's obligation to the dead person. Marriage is a lifelong relationship. Death breaks the marriage bond. And that's an illustration. Now point number three is the application of this illustration. Verse four is the key verse in this chapter. Verse four is the application of the marriage, death, remarriage illustration to our Christian position. So I'll translate from the Greek text. Therefore, my brothers, you also, notice, were put to death. That's not the way it is translated in your Bible. Therefore, my brothers, you also were put to death to law through the body of Christ. But it's a purpose that you might be joined to another, married to another. Who is this to the one raised from the dead? What is the final purpose that we might bear fruit for God? Paul is saying when we were unbelievers, we were under sin, under law, under death. We were married to law. The law said the soul that sinneth it shall die. The wages of sin is death. I must die because I am a sinner, a violator of God's law. But thanks be to God, in God's plan, another could die in my place. Another could keep law in my place. 
So we read in Galatians 4 verse 4, but when the time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those under law. Who is he? He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one who died just for the unjust. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In Galatians 2.19 Paul says, For through the law I died to the law so that I might live for God. In other words, Jesus Christ honored, established, fulfilled the law in our behalf, in our place. For through the law I died to the law that I might, so that I might live for God. Why? A man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. That is in his death and in his resurrection. So he says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The question is, how can a sinner be released? From his bondage to law. A law he cannot keep. The answer by our death to the law in the death of Christ. Our death to the law in the death of Christ to which law dictated. And our sin merited. That is by faith in the gospel. Friends law cannot die. It is God's law. But thank God we can die to the law in the death of Jesus Christ. So we died to the law which Christ fully kept by his life and death. Listen friends, Christ met all the obligations of the law in our behalf, in our place, as our head and representative. When Jesus was put to death on the cross, we were also in him put to death. Lord demanded death and we died in Christ. So law has no more claim upon us. We are outside of the jurisdiction of law. We are discharged from the law. Now free to be married to another. Even Jesus Christ our Lord. Not only we died with him. We also are raised with him. To live for God in this life. The new husband our Lord Jesus. Replaced the old husband the law. We are under Christ. And we submit to Christ in everything. He is raised from the dead. His resurrection declares that God's law has been what? Fully satisfied. Resurrection of Jesus Christ means that God has no legal claim on you or on me. It's all taken care of when Christ, his son, lived and died. Law has no more claim on us. We are not under law, not under sin but under the regime 
of God's enabling grace. We are married to the risen Christ who dies no more. So our marriage to him is eternal. He lives forever and we live forever. No divorce, no death. For you and for me. Listen to this language about this marriage to our Lord Jesus Christ. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it just as Christ does the church. This is a profound mystery, but I am speaking about Christ and the church. Married to Christ, sir. We are set free from law. Now we are married to Christ. When we were married to the law in Adam, we were barren. We were incapable of bearing fruit to God. Now through the ability of our new husband, we are bearing fruit to God, which is the ultimate purpose of this new marriage relationship. What is the fruit that we bear to God? It is the fruit of the Spirit. Friends, it is the fruit of holiness. And if you are living in sin, you are no Christian. You are no Christian. Because the ultimate purpose of our union with Jesus Christ is to bear fruit consisting in holiness. So let's look at some scriptures. Romans 6, 21 and 22. What fruit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Oh, you had fruit, but that was wickedness. Evil, shameful. As you are confessing, shameful. What fruit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the fruit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. Romans 8, 29, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers who are holy brothers. Romans 13, 8 to 10, let no dead remain outstanding except the continuing dead to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet. And whatever other commandments there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does not harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law, you see. Without me, you can do nothing, but with him, we can do all things. Ephesians 1, 4, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world, but is the purposer to be holy and blameless in his sight. 
Ephesians 2, 4 through 6. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto what, sir? Good works which God has foreordained that we should walk in them. Ephesians 5, 9, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Ephesians 5, 25 through 27, husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church, gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself, a radiant church, without stain, wrinkle, or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Are you holy and blameless, sir, or wallowing in the sewer, pretending to be Christian? And Jude 24 and 25, to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. Revelation 19, 7 and 8. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean was given to wear. And then it says fine linen stands for the righteous deeds of the saints, the fruit. Psalm 45, verse 11. The king is enthralled by your beauty. Honor him for he is your Lord. All glorious is the princess within her chamber. Her gown is interwoven with gold. In embroidered garments she is led to the king. You wallowing in dirt, pretending to be a Christian? You are no Christian. How shall we know we died to the law and married to Jesus Christ? How shall we know we died to sin and married to Jesus Christ? What is the answer? The proof of this marriage is fruitfulness of holiness. Oh, I know I heard people are very happy. We are outside of the jurisdiction of the law. Oh, goody! Wonderful! Well, you better wait. We are married to Jesus Christ, who is mighty one, who enables us to keep the law as evidence of our salvation. Justification is evidenced by sanctification of the spirit. The bride of Christ is arrayed in beautiful garments. The bride of Christ, by the power of her husband, by the power of the spirit, obey the law, now written not on a stone, but in our hearts. We delight in God's law. It has become our nature. We love the Lord and keep his commandments. We are new covenant people of God. The law of God is in us. We know God. We love God. Our sins are forgiven. We have a new heart of flesh. We have a new spirit. We have also Holy Spirit of God dwells in us, teaching us and empowering us. We have new life, new relationship with Christ, a new purpose of bearing fruit to God and new power. To do God's will. Jesus said, Without me, you can do nothing. Paul said, I can do all things 
through him who gives me strength. This Christian life is a wonderful life, sir. It's a blessed married life. We were nothings, we were zeros, but we married up. See, always if you are smart, always marry what, sir? Up! Way up! If you can. As a result, we have privileges, we bear his name. Number one privilege, we get bridegroom's name. No more in ski and this ski and that key and this. It's all gone now. We have a name that is above every name. Number two, we have privilege of standing. Ruth was a nobody, but she married up. She married Boaz, described as a man of standing. Like Boaz, our Lord Jesus Christ is a man of great standing. We had no status. Now we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Number three, access. Access to God the Father. We had no access to God the Father because of our sin. Now in Christ we come to his presence with confidence. We come to pray. We come to fellowship. We have wonderful, sweet communion with the Father. Number four, there is provision, sir. Provision. We are heirs of God and joined heirs with Christ. And my God will meet all your needs according to his riches in glory. And we are told... Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Provision, sir. So then no more boasting about men. All things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future. All are yours. And you are of Christ and Christ is of God. What about protection? And surely I am with you always even to the end of the ages. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one can snatch them out of my father's hand. You need protection. Number six, sir, there is service of angels. Angels serve us. As angels serve Jesus Christ. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Think about it, friends. And Lazarus died. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. Hallelujah. And friends, we reign with Christ Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if you are to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial cases? Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more the things in this life. And finally, number eight, sir. If you are married people, you will appreciate this. What is it you want? 
You read Song of Solomon, what is it you want? Stuff, goodies, the presence of the lover. Presence. In this fellowship with our husband, there is special communication of his love to us. Husband, love your wives as Christ loves the church. And let me read to you Martin Lloyd-Jones. Listen to this, sir. As you meet him in Bible reading and prayer. And listen to this. Do you give him an opportunity to tell you? Do you put everything on one side in order to look into his face and listen to him? Or is it that when he comes to you, you are busy with other things? Or like the bride depicted in the fifth chapter of Song of Solomon, have you gone to bed and put off your clothes? And when you hear him at the door, you say to him, I have put off my coat. How shall I put it on? I have washed my feet. How shall I defile them? Then you suddenly realize how foolish you have been. And you get up and you open the door, but he has gone. And you have nothing left but a smell of the mirror that has been dropping from his fingers meant for you, sir. And you do not know what to do with yourself. And you seek him. If you would know the love of Jesus, what it is, give him opportunities of telling you. He will meet you in the scriptures. And he will tell you, give time, give place, give opportunity. Set other things aside. And say to other people, I cannot do what you ask me to do. I have another appointment. I know he is coming and I am waiting for him. Do you look for him? Are you expecting him? Do you allow him Do you give him opportunities to speak to you and to let you know his love to you? We are married to him. So friends, as Christians, we are entirely, thank God, outside the jurisdiction of the law. Because Christ received the chest and full penalty demanded by the law. Jesus paid all our debts. So we are not afraid of law. We are not afraid of condemnation, death or judgment. We are in Christ and we are married to him. Freedom from the law is not secured by the abolition of the law. But rather through Christ's vicarious fulfillment of all the law's demands. Law exacts penalty for sin which is death. This penalty is fully paid by Christ by his death. It is to this Christ we are now married to. By his power we bear fruit of holiness. By fulfilling his will by love power. Paul says love of Christ impels me. May the love of Christ to you impel you to fulfill God's law and be holy. Heavenly Father, have mercy upon us. Lord, help us to call upon the name of the Lord that we may be saved. 
from our sewer may we call upon the name of the Lord and he will save us and wash us and make us clean and holy in the name of Jesus. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio of this message entitled Married to Jesus Christ. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.